Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! <laughs> Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with people who know Vegas. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome to Vegas. You know, two things that go with Vegas are weddings and Elvis Presley. And when you combine the two, you get an experience that falls under the category only in Vegas. Today, you'll meet singer Brendan Paul, co-owner of the Graceland Wedding Chapel, who's married over 100,000 couples in his career. In addition to weddings, summer is also a great time for barbecue. Up first, your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, talks about his favorite barbecue joints, both on the Strip and downtown. Later in the show, we will present our own favorite, which is Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located near the Raiders' new stadium. But first, let's visit a very unique marriage chapel. Say, may your love always sustain you two in trying times, but make those happy times even more wonderful and fulfilling as the years go by. So on behalf of the grace of Wen Chapel and the suit that I wear, yeah. thank you very much, as well as the power of us, we've got a state in Nevada, somehow. <laughs> I now pronounce you husband and wife, kiss your wife! When you think of Las Vegas, a couple of things that probably come right up to your mind is Elvis Presley and getting married. And we're going to talk to the very best of that, that's the Graceland wedding chapel located in las vegas and you can have your weddings conducted by and a great elvis impersonator including the co-owner and one of the very best there is uh, he's been doing this for a long time now brendan paul and brendan welcome to the show really kind of exciting and you must get that a lot because people think about weddings and they can picture elvis presley impersonators and so forth but you guys are like the first and you're the best that's true. There's a lot of Im- imitators uh, since we started, but we still offer a service and a quality that is, uh, you know, bar none and, and puts us in the, really at the front of the game. The chapel's been around since 77, I understand it, or at least that's when you guys did your first Elvis wedding. Is that right? Correct. The chapel was built as a house back in 1927, back then, and the people lived here because when we bought the chapel in 2003, there was still a bathtub in the bathroom, which is funny. You have a big old style <laughs> bathtub in the business. You know, we got rid of that and redid the bathroom, obviously. But, uh, yeah, and then they started doing weddings here in the 40s, early 1940s. It was called the Gretna Green Wedding Chapel for many years, the Gretna Green, which is a place in Scotland where people would go to get married. So the owner, I think, was a, a fellow by the last name of McGee, and he, he opened a chapel here called the uh, Gretna Green. So, yeah. The King of Rock actually uh, visited at one point, and that brought about a name change, right, and kind of a new Correct. tradition. Tell us about that. Yeah, they said yeah, exactly. Elvis had come in here. I guess he was friends with the owner back in the uh, '60s, and he came in and was thinking of getting married here. But with all the um, press hounding him, uh, trying to you know, they knew he was going to get married somewhere in Vegas, so he ended up just getting married in a small suite uh, at the Aladdin Hotel, which was blown up a number of years ago and rebuilt as Planet Hollywood. But it was just a small little, back then there weren't high-rises. People always assumed he got married in some top floor, you know, 30th floor with a view. And I went and toured it. Uh, the weekend they tore down the Aladdin, they let me go into the suite and 
it was just I opened the curtains and looked over the alley. It was on the third <laughs> floor, just down the side. It was a real nothing. But, you know, 1967, that was a, it, you know, Vegas yeah. wasn't what it was. So it was just a kind of, it was a Milton Perel, the owner of the Atlanta. It was his personal little suite. And it was just like a bar and it was it, not much to it. So it's kind of funny. People always think everything's more opulent and bigger than it is, you know. But boy, sure has taken on the Elvis approach all up and down the strip. You see that, but specifically at the Graceland Wedding Chapel, you do 7,000 Elvis-led weddings a year, I read, and 4,500 by yourself. My gosh, you must feel really comfortable doing that huh? and seeing the, and yet you probably get a certain thrill out of seeing people react to it differently. Exactly. Someone said, how do you do sing the same songs, you know, Love Me Tender, whether it be Love Me Tender or Can't Help Falling In Love With You or People Las Vegas over and over. And I said, well, it stopped being about me a long time ago, and it's really about the um, the people because they're loving it. You know, they haven't heard Viva Las Vegas 4,500 times a year. <laughs> <laughs> they, for them, it's a, they're singing it and they're loving it and dancing around. And they go crazy. So we really do kind of um, combine the entertainment capital of the world, you know, with the uh, wedding capital of the world. And that's our that's our niche, and we 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 honed it and polished it and made it the best. And like I said, other chapels now try to offer it, but. They might do one or two weddings a day with Elvis if they're lucky, whereas we're doing, you know, I'm saying it, up to 46 weddings in a day here. So as Elvis, so it's a lot of a lot of hip shaking going on here at the Grayson <laughs> well, Wedding Show. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, and you go back to 77, and it's still popular today. Fascinating stuff. Is that really a tribute to Elvis that, that he's managed to live on well beyond his death and so forth, and people are still aware of it and still want to be associated with it? Exactly. He's become like a... There's certain people that, you know, Michael Jackson died and Prince and different people. When they leave, Bing Crosby and different people, you know, they kind of sometimes fade into history a little differently. But somehow Elvis had the uh, charisma and the, the music, the catalog, too, which is exceptional. But to stay relevant in a way, they put his songs in movies. They keep them like whoever's marketing him back in Memphis is keeping him. I mean, he's been dead for over 40 years, you know going on 45 years that's incredible to be still selling the amount of records he is for considering he's not here you know what i mean let's talk about you for a bit because i find your background fascinating you grow up in la playing in punk bands okay which a lot of people did in the 1980s very popular so how do you get associated with elvis presley that's quite a switch <laughs> it is weird yeah you're right i played in bands uh since i was 14 playing in bands in la uh guitar actually i'd songwrite and play guitar and then uh, at one point, I started dyeing my hair jet black. I just liked it. And then I ended up playing in a band that was kind of um, playing the club circuit, the Whiskey Go-Go and the Roxy in L.A. With, when Guns N' Roses were on the club circuit. So we played with them at the Troubadour and stuff. And I had long jet black hair. And then when I, I got tired of my long hair, I told my friend who was my hairdresser, let's just cut my hair short. I just, whatever, I'll do something. So when she cut it short, and I had little sideburns, but when your hair is down right. real long, no one calls you Elvis, but sideburns and i literally on the way home from the hair salon i'm driving up la Cienega boulevard in hollywood and the car honks next to me and they're they're yelling hey elvis <laughs> i look over so i i'm like what and i realized okay my hair is short and black i i see it so i called my hairdresser and i said look we're either gonna have to do something or maybe i'll trim my sideburns because people call me elvis and i i loved elvis but it wasn't my generation if you will you know that wasn't my my thing i grew up loving the sex pistols and <laughs> but um <laughs> And I literally, I was going to UCLA at the time, getting a degree in fine art. And the next day, at um, a couple of days later at school, a girl came up and said, hey, my 
girlfriend in my dorm is turning 21. Is there any way you could come sing happy birthday? And I said, yeah, I play guitar. So I said, sure. And she gave me a hundred dollars. And I remember thinking like, wow, I just sang happy birthday. And she gave me a hundred dollar yeah. bill. And I'm a, you know, a starving student in college. And I go, this is cool. And then at the, when I was walking out of the dorm, a girl saw me, I had a, I didn't have a costume. I just turned up a collar and wore a white sport coat and black slacks and played my guitar. And, uh, she said, my dad's a producer in Beverly Hills. He's looking for Elvis for a, a rap party for a show called Grace Under Fire. It was a sitcom. She goes, do you have a card? And I said, literally, I said, oh, I'm all out of cards. And I remember I came home. <laughs> I told my parents, yeah. I have to get, yeah, I said, mom and dad, I need to get cards. <laughs> <laughs> you know, say I'm all out of cards. I wasn't even doing it. And so I went there. And at that party, someone, another person hired me for a party in Beverly Hills. And it kind of like snowballed the last six months I was at UCLA. So I called my friend. I said, we're not going to cut my hair for a while. I'm going to leave it like this, you know. Back with more from Elvis impersonator Brendan Paul, who marries around 4,500 couples a year in a moment. Just a reminder, please visit Vegas Never Sleeps online. For the best in Vegas, it's always VegasNeverSleeps.com. And for great sports, it's Sports R-A-C-X, which is available on radio stations nationwide and wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports R-A-C-X. And later today on Sports Rockin' Tours, we discuss one of the greatest rivalries in all of sports, the New York Yankees and Boston Red Sox. Three great sports journalists join me to discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly from these incredible battles. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. Come on, let's go to Vegas. Support Vegas Never Sleeps on Patreon for exclusive ad-free content, prizes, drawings, and fun, starting at just five bucks. Go to patreon.com slash Vegas Never Sleeps. Patreon.com slash Vegas Never Sleeps. Pack your bags and get ready because you're going to Vegas. Go to patreon.com slash Vegas Never Sleeps. Come on, let's go to Vegas. What if every dollar you invested into your training program turned into $30 of revenue? What if your learning program was so engaging that your employees looked forward to annual trainings? And what if you could monitor the success and effectiveness of your curriculum with quantifiable metrics? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. E-learning has made each of these scenarios possible, utilizing tools such as virtual and augmented reality, simulations, and online instructor-led training provides a safe environment for employees to learn at their own pace. Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Here at Epsilon XR, we have 50 years of experience in creating powerful and effective training programs. We combine proven training methods with cutting-edge technology to create immersive training experiences. Are you ready to take your training program to the next level? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Training.epsilonxr.com. When you go to Las Vegas, you have to know what you're going to go see, and there's no better place on the web to go than VitalVegas.com. You hear Scott Robin, our Vegas insider, every week. What are people going to find when they go to your site, Scott? Everything you need to know about Las Vegas, from shows and restaurants and a lot of inside dirt that you won't hear anywhere else. And a lot of photos, too, and a lot of snark, right? That is the case. (laughs) Yes. You can't miss it. VitalVegas.com.
Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Brendan Paul, co-owner of the Graceland Wedding Chapel, which was originally built in 1927. This is fun. I mean, I'm making $500 on the weekend for singing a few songs. And so then when I graduated, my parents were like, why don't you think about maybe moving to Las Vegas? That's where it seems like they'd have a demand for Elvis impersonators. So with their encouragement, uh, I drove here with $300 in my bank account. Uh, I had a microwave, a guitar, and a karaoke machine. I drove here in a, a beat-up 1964 Lincoln Continental, stayed at Circus Circus, and started literally hitting the pavement for, you know, for, for work and calling every agency. And, you know, they'd say, oh, we are having Elvis. And, but I just kept, I was real um, persistent and just took any job anytime. Someone called me and said, can you come at 3 in the morning at the so-and-so chapel and sing at a wedding and pay $100? I said, I'll be there. You know, I mean, when you're desperate, you just, and you don't have too much pride. You just do anything you can, you know. Yeah, and I but you know what? I you had a lot of talent, and that's what kind of got you through. And the work ethic it took, because you can have all the talent in the world. These guys don't necessarily want to see you. You have to kind of prove it to them and, and that availability. And, and your parents, what a wonderful thing for them being that supportive, because that was the obviously this is the right place to be. Yeah, absolutely. And they said, they go, we'll give you, we know, we know you're struggling, so... They gave me like their shell credit card so I could get gas to help me. They said, this way you don't have to worry about gas. And I would just literally drive around. It was so hot the summer of 1995. I remember I had no air conditioning in my car. And I'd show up at these agencies to bring them a picture and a videotape of me singing to show them what I could do. And I remember one time it was so hot, I I couldn't drive around with a shirt on because I'd be so sweaty. So I would get out in the parking lot, towel off at the beach towel, and then put on my dress shirt, go in to meet the agencies. And the guy says to me, one of the agents says, are you driving that 65 uh, Lincoln Continental? I said, yeah. He goes, well, I could see you in the parking lot. I was so embarrassed because I'm like, he probably saw me get out with no shirt on, toweling off, you know, trying to pre- present myself as professional. But, you know, within, uh, I think within six years or something, I bought a house out here for a million dollars. So oh, Wow. Um, so and, Elvis know. has been good to you. Anybody that's been out in Vegas, when we've all been out there, whether you live there now or you're visiting from around the country, you know this can be an awful place when it comes to heat like that. Imagine driving a car without it. And, and those Lincolns, <laughs> they were nice big cars, but they also just brought in the heat. You know, exactly. <laughs> that'd be tough. And my window wouldn't pass. The driver's window wouldn't go down. So I had all the all the other windows down. I mean, it was brutal. But you know, I look back sometimes at that stuff, and and with the success I've had over the years, and uh, I told my kids that I said, you know, people always think money brings happiness or something i said to be honest i came here with no money and now i've done very well but the level of happiness never really uh changed which is a good lesson thank god i didn't say hey kids without money you'll be miserable i just look at like those things as some of the best years of my life when i was first moved here and i was staying in a weekly hotel called harbor island with a bunch of drug addicts and pimps and hookers i mean it was a you're paying weekly i mean i had no money but it was great it's like so great to be on both sides but at least learn the lesson that um, both sides are, are are fun. It's for me at least. Were and valuable lessons coming from from life on all levels. You know, it's not like sure. oh, I never look back at that as is as embarrassing. I look back and say, oh, that was great. You know what I mean? And then you get your big break with Legends, and you know, Legends in concert is such a great show. Really, the best uh, tribute show out there. And that was a big deal because boy, that was what in the mid '90s. That that's instant yeah. credibility. 
yeah, they, they had a show in Berlin, Germany, and Japan they'd send me, and they had a cruise ship in the Bahamas, so they started sending me around the world, and I just remember going, this is pretty cool, you know. You're on a cruise ship, you're singing at four shows a week, the whole week, you know, and you're only on stage for 25 minutes, so I'm working like two hours a week, you know. The rest of the time I'm walking around eating and living it up on a cruise ship, so these things are just like great you know, great fun, really, you know. But a lot of work has to go into it because people say, wow, he does Elvis. Okay, great. There's a lot of people that do Elvis around Vegas, and some of them are very good, and you're competing with them, and there's some that are kind of an embarrassment to what you do for a living. So you got to be really good. Was that something where you were constantly working at it, looking at films of Elvis, listening to his songs to try to really... You know, you're not going to impersonate him to the point that people are going to think, hey, that's Elvis Presley. But you got to create that feeling so people can kind of live that Elvis experience. Exactly. And a lot of guys, I think what they, where they miss the mark sometimes is they over-exaggerate some of his mannerisms. I know they're watching the same videos and trying to mimic him. But what I started doing was incorporating more of my own. Because the underlying, when people see me, they go, you have a great sense of humor about it. But I'm like, you have to. You're going around impersonating a dead guy. You know what I mean? Like, you're not, you can't take it so serious. And I think that was always one of the keys to my success, maybe, that I, I didn't show up thinking I was Elvis. It was just, I remember when I first moved here, there was a 100-year anniversary for Schwinn bicycles. And there was a parade. with, And they wanted 50 Elvises in the parade. So, of course, you have some good ones. But as you go down, when you need 50 guys, you start getting guys in wigs and rented costumes, and that's fine. And so we showed up, and they go, okay, who, what Elvises want to ride the, a Schwinn bike in the parade? And some of the serious guys had been established in this town said, uh, Elvis never wore a jumpsuit, on a, he never rode a bicycle on a jumpsuit. And I remember I looked at a guy, and I said, you know what, you're paying me $500, show me the bike, I'll get on it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean what am I, I'm not Elvis. I turned to the guys and said, guys, we're not Elvis. I don't know if you got the memo, but <laughs> we're kind of like, like Elvis has become this other thing, not a cartoon, but a symbol of all these other things, and it's fun. And so get on a bike. It makes it funny, man. To see guys in jumpsuits riding down the strip on a Schwinn bike. I thought it was cute, so I got on the bike. We all got paid the same. I said, just, you know, fine. You want to walk? I'll ride it. It'll be more fun. That's You have to have that attitude. You have to duck and weave what people want. They pay you to do something. I'm like, you're paying me to do something. Just tell me what you want me to do, what you want me to say. I mean, for the most part, that's I'm just here to entertain people, you know? More with Brendan Paul, co-owner of the Graceland Wedding Chapel, in a few moments. Summertime is not just about weddings, it's also about great barbecue. But where can you find it? We'll tell you our favorite later in the show, but we also asked your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, for his picks. This is a very touchy subject because the overall observation about barbecue in Las Vegas is that Las Vegas has no good barbecue. I don't think that's necessarily true, um, but uh, yeah, the barbecue is tough in Vegas. So I have a personal favorite, so that's all I can really share, and it is Benny's Barbecue at Binion's downtown Las Vegas. Uh, this place has a, uh, a smoker that I think they said cost $200,000. It was some outrageous amount uh, that was spent on this smoker, and it is the best barbecue that I have had in Vegas. I honestly can't even think of a second place because there are just so few. Uh, some of the other places are just kind of, uh, I, I think they satisfy. Yeah, they're, they're changed, but uh, I got to go to Benny's on this one. Uh, this used to be uh, Benny's bullpen, and now it's Benny's 
uh, barbecue and brews. So here's the backup plan. These are kind of neck and neck. Ellis Island, it's off Strip. It's about a block away from uh, Bally's. Ellis Island, I'm, I'm gonna say best on the Strip and Benny's is the best downtown. So that's, for me, that's barbecue in Vegas. Thanks, Scott. You know, Scott reviews great restaurants, shows, and sites to see at his great site, VitalVegas.com. So check it out every day to stay on top of what's hot and what's not in Vegas. Don't forget to follow Sports Rock and Tours, which now follows this show on most of these stations. You can also visit Sports R-A-C-X wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi nationwide on the Talk Media Network. I'm comedian Krista Kay, and you're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps. We are chatting with Elvis impersonator and co-owner of the Graceland Wedding Chapel, Brendan Paul. Let me just say, may your love always sustain you two in trying times, but make those happy times even more wonderful and fulfilling as the years go by. So on behalf of the Graceland Wedding Chapel and the suit that I wear, Thank you very much. I now pronounce you husband, wife, kiss your wife, my friend. Well, and you're a businessman. I mean, you 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 have a good attitude about this, and it's delivering a product. And I and I think it, it makes perfect sense that you and your partner decide to purchase the chapel because you know you're thinking, okay, I can only do this for so long. I mean, but you want to have something that can go beyond this, and it makes a lot of sense. It's that whole thing. I I mean, yeah, you say like you've had some good years, but you know you can't do it forever. Correct. That's why I remember thinking like I remember looking at some of these entertainers. They were getting older and they started living a certain lifestyle. And then as their careers waned, uh, they and and record sales went up. They they're living the same lifestyle. You know, I remember my accountant told me Robert Goulet. He did Robert Goulet's taxes, and every year Robert Goulet will call me screaming, and he's like, you know. Uh, F this, F that, you know, why do I owe this money? And and my accountant goes, Robert, how much money did you make last year? And Robert Kulay goes, I made five million last year. And he goes, but you spent five and a half million. You can't live above your means. You know, these guys get used to a lifestyle. I just remember thinking, like, I don't want to get used to that money. And then when it gets in 20 years or 25 years, when it starts to thin out, what do I do? I have... I'm used to this lifestyle, and I can't. There's younger guys have moved to town, sing better, look better, are younger, and then I'll be out. So I remember thinking, if I could get something where you have that money, a business that is its own entity, and that I could eventually replace myself and hand it over to someone to take over, what a great opportunity for my family, you know what I mean? Absolutely. I think one of the reasons that Graceland has done so well is you guys – Take this seriously. There's there's a feeling, and I always feel for people that go there and they want to get kind of a goofy wedding thing. And I like the way you you take it. You, you joke around. You have some fun with them, but you take but you also respect what's going on there, which is a wedding. And it's kind of that balance that's really important, so you can last beyond these people that are doing it as a goof, right? Exactly. People say that every day. Like the guests will walk out of here and they go. Oh my gosh, we didn't know. We thought this was, was going to be so goofy and cheesy because they're thinking, hey, Vegas, we're going to the chapel with Elvis. But they go, this was 
touching and sweet and fun and and you know we're here to celebrate love whatever form that comes in whether it be a mail order bride or <laughs> you know, or i mean we don't judge we're here to say hey we lift you up and let's celebrate it even if it's sometimes we have a woman that's on her seventh or eighth marriage <laughs> yeah. and she's 30 she's 35 years old but we're here to say you know what let's make your seventh marriage the best wedding you've ever had you seven's I mean? a lucky number right <laughs> that's right damn right well, you know, you talk about that. That is kind of interesting. If you see like mail order bars, you must see a wide variety because at the same Absolutely. time, there's all these goofy things. I know a lot of very serious couples that, for whatever reason, they love Elvis, they like Las Vegas, they get married there, and it's very important. So there's that side of it, too. Absolutely. And that's why some people will have – I'm ordained so I can marry them legally, and a lot of people want that. But some people go, look, the wife – didn't want Elvis. She thinks it's goofy. I wanted Elvis. So they compromised and they'll have a wedding here where a minister marries them. And I'm just like, I walk the bride down the aisle. I sing, but I just kind of, it's, it's not all Elvis. It's kind of a mixture. So some people, they compromise within their, uh, the bride and the groom's desires for their wedding. And he goes, I wanted Elvis. And so we we're going to have a minister. And I say, fine, we, we customize it to whatever you want. People want certain songs. I, I've been playing guitar for 30 years. I just, I'll play whatever song they want, you know? And I understand now, and it kind of makes a lot of sense, is you've expanded the business where you're doing a lot of these vow renewals, and that's becoming more popular and so forth. And that's kind of a fun thing. If somebody's had the traditional church wedding, and they're taking their renewal seriously, but at the same time, this is something they didn't feel comfortable doing for the first go-round, it's a good way to be able to kind of indulge yourself and have some fun with that and still do a serious ceremony at the same time. Absolutely. That's what they say. They, afterwards, they go, we wanted 20 years ago, I told my wife, let's go to Vegas. And, and then her family freaked out and said, you can't go have Elvis marry you. Like, so we waited 20 years to do this. Now we're back to renew our vows. So it's kind of like going full circle for the, the couple. I hear that all the time, how they wanted, the guy goes, I wanted an Elvis wedding 30 years ago. We couldn't. She said no, but now she said, fine, let's go to Vegas and renew our vows. So it's very, it's just very special. And, it, and like I said, every wedding to me is touching and it's it's love i mean how we're not in the funeral business here you know what i mean yeah we're here to celebrate love it's just like a every day for me it's just it's happy and and it's great we're, we're lifting people up and saying this is a great day in your life you know let's rock and add some rock and roll let's make it awesome so that's what we try to do here you know do you let people get creative with these things i mean is, is there strict packages or is there some things where people can do things however uh I don't know, lengthy or short as they want, that kind of thing. Absolutely. They'll say we want, you know, we're bringing our dogs in to be, could they be the ring bears? So we're, I mean, this is Las Vegas. So we say whatever you want, you know, or they, the, one time a woman goes, is there any way you can sing a, a Bon Jovi song? Since uh, John Bon Jovi got married at your chapel, that's why we picked it. And so I'm in there in a the jumpsuit walking down the aisle singing a, a, a Bon Jovi song. But I'm like, this is your wedding day. Whatever we can do, we'll make it happen, you know? You know, one other thing we like is we take Elvis Presley pretty serious on this show because he's a big part of Las Vegas. He's a big part of rock and roll. I mean, the music I grew up with, if it wasn't for Elvis, we didn't get all the other stuff that followed that, right? Correct. So, so this guy is great. He never had an up-and-down career in terms of music, but he had life struggles, as we all do, and so forth. But there's this thing around Vegas where it's kind of Elvis almost becomes a caricature or a cartoon or something, you're, and you don't right. do that and, and because no. and the people that love Elvis really like the fact that you respect that because uh, he means a lot to uh, 20th century uh, history and culture. 
absolutely. And there's times when I, when I start the song, Can't Help Falling In Love With You, and as I'm walking back to get the bride, certain women of a certain age, they'll start crying. And I realize as I'm walking back to get them, afterwards they said, sorry, I just didn't think I was going to get emotional. They're like, but I've loved Elvis. When I was a girl, I wanted to marry Elvis. And so when I saw you coming down the aisle singing towards me, for a minute there, they, they're living something that in their memory and their heart that they love. And to them, it's like for a minute there, I'm, I am Elvis coming to get them. It's sweet, you know? Yeah. And it always touches me. I always get choked up because I go to see a woman cry and she's like, oh, the Hawaiian wedding song when I was a kid in Blue Hawaii. I love that. And so when I heard you sing it, it was so, yeah, I got over, overcame with emotion. I go, that's a wonderful thing. That's the power of Elvis, really. You know what I mean? We love the way weddings have evolved because the old uh, people would elope and go to Vegas, okay? Then they started making tapes of it, which was good because you'd have this whether you could bring it back home. But now you can do these things live. And I know I had a friend that got married in Las Vegas, and it was great because consequently he had hundreds of people being able to be a part of that day that normally speaking, you know, if you, unless you have somebody there who's traveling with you, uh, it's just a, a solitary little uh, arrangement. And this way you can have that big wedding you want without spending a bundle. Exactly. That's We do that all the time, especially before COVID. Everyone's watching back home and say in England, they go, we couldn't, our families couldn't all come here. So we're doing it live and, I'll, and they'll say, is there any way like, at the end of the wedding, you could give a shout-out to my mom, who's a huge Elvis fan. So I'll, I'll, we'll turn to the camera and say, you know, hey, Betty, this is the King of Rock, and I'm wishing you were here, and I'll sing a little song to her personally. So we make it like it is. it goes out worldwide now. You don't all have to be here. That's the amazing technology, if you will, you know what I mean? And we offer that free. So you're right, we've had people, we've had, um, you know, a 1,000 people watching the wedding, and they're from, like, South Africa, and they go, this is amazing. Our family's waiting up at, you know, 3 in the morning there to watch this wedding, but... They're all watching, so it's it's just it's it's it makes the world seem smaller than it used to be, you know. More with Brendan Paul, who, at the encouragement of his parents, moved to Las Vegas in 1995 and joined the tribute show Legends of Concert. Make sure to listen to Sports Rock and Tours, which follows Vegas Never Sleeps in most markets. If your station doesn't carry it, call them and ask them to carry Sports Rock and Tours. In the meantime, go to Sports R-A-C-X wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports R-A-C-X. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. Okay, Sean, we need to talk about our training budget. We're spending almost $1,500 per employee each year. What's the plan? Well, ma'am, 42% of companies are saying that e-learning has led to an increase in revenue. What does that do about the travel expense? E-learning allows employees to learn wherever they are. Then we need to consider the time away from production. I heard that e-learning takes up to 60% less employee time than traditional classroom training. Perfect. Let's find a curriculum company, a development company, a learning management software company. Actually, Epsilon XR specializes in end-to-end learning solutions with tools such as instructor-led training, online classrooms, simulations, virtual and augmented reality, and curriculum development. Get Epsilon XR on the phone. 
Epsilon XR creates immersive learning environments that engage with your learner, resulting in improved information retention, which leads to better performance and ultimately an increase in revenue. Learn more at elearning.epsilonxr.com. Now, let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps. You are listening to Elvis Impersonator and co-owner of the Graceland Wedding Chapel, Brendan Paul. You know, you, you mentioned the pandemic and stuff, and were you able to do weddings? No, we shut down right away for like a, a three and a half months, and then when we opened, it was only, you know, six people allowed in the chapel. We all had to wear masks, and I wasn't sure if people were going to want it, but some people said we put off our wedding, and then as that as the pandemic went on and on, people said, we, we're going to have a big wedding in L.A. We finally said, look, we're in love. We don't want to wait a year or, or, or at that point. They didn't know how long. Yeah. So they said, we just said, let's go to Vegas. And we don't care if we have to wear masks and the guests have to wear masks. And Elvis, I even had to wear a mask at first when I was singing. So we've, we've just adapted. But, you know, the whole world's going through this. So, I mean, everyone tries to be like, look, we're giving the best can under the circumstances to still make it a special day. And I said, look, you'll look back one day and your grandkids will say, why is everyone in a mask? Why right. is Elvis in a mask? But it, so I go, it'll be a story, you know, it'll be, right. hopefully we look back in 20 years and just go, my gosh, what was that about? But we, and everyone in the world is healthy and prosper. Everyone's, you know, doing great again. So you, you do what you can as a business, you know? Well, Vegas seems to be, like I said, close to normal. It's good. So if people are here, they go, we're ready to do this. Are, are we back at full time? What, what are the options and how do people um, find out more about it, number one, and when can they do this? They can, I mean, go to our website or on YouTube. We have so many videos. So we get people all the time going, oh, my gosh, when they come in, they go, I've watched 100 of your ceremonies on YouTube. I feel like I know you, which is very sweet. And so, yeah, we're, we say we're, we're open seven days a week from 9 in the morning until uh, midnight. So we run weddings and they book and we do walk-ins too uh, every day someone just walks in and goes can we get married right now where's Elvis and uh, let's say I'm headed home I'll just turn around and come back you know we mm-hmm. we just constantly have we're, we're here with the service to people so we just say you know walk-ins are welcome but it always helps to make a reservation but we and now we're booking up you know I think I'm singing at 30 weddings this Saturday so that's a good day again you know wow well Brendan what is that website for people that want to check it out uh graysonchapel.com that's easy enough to remember. And YouTube is great, too, because you can really get a feel for what it's going to be like. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. You should definitely check that out. Brendan, thank you so much. Best of luck and hope to uh, talk with you again. Great. Thank you so much. And uh, come on, Grace. And, you know, the great thing here is, like you said, the renewal of vows. Some people come in and go, we feel weird. We've only been married six and a half months. I said, we're here to celebrate whatever you want. It doesn't have to be a five-year, 20-year, 50-year renewal. It could be seven and a half years. You're here to, you're in Las Vegas, make it fun. Come in with Elvis, rock and roll. You get great photos, a fun video to show the family. And, you know, you talk about this stuff forever. Earlier in the show, Scott Robin gave us his picks for top barbecue spots in Vegas. Now, we don't often disagree with Scott, but we think we've experienced the finest barbecue in town. When you come to Las Vegas, it's always about fine dining. You can get anything you want here. But the one question area we found over our first few years on the air is barbecue. Your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, says, you know, it's kind of hard. There's a couple places. Some are better than others, but there's really nothing that stands out. 
by accident, I found a place on the side road. You have gotta find it yourself. Uh, it's just a, you look across the strip there. It's called Jesse Ray's Barbecue, and with us is the owner, Mike Ross. Mike, what a great idea! Are people coming from everywhere for this? Because just the smell of this will draw you within a couple of blocks. <laughs> yeah, we do get a pretty diverse crowd as far as uh, tourism goes and locals and the working community that's around us being in a residential area. And, you know, I've noticed, too, you have excellent social media. That's where I kind of, I had heard about it, and I thought, wow, they always have good stuff on. And then I'm driving by. I was looking, actually, for Carl's Jr. <laughs> that I thought was out here. Was it? I go, hey, that one, I'll go try it. Oh, my God, great stop. Uh, uh, is social media a big part of trying to get the word out? We are in a very residential area. There's zero foot traffic in here. And past 5 o'clock, there's absolutely no reason to be in this area because all the businesses are closed. So social media is literally all we have, and that's how I drive all of the business that, we've, that we get. Um, we get to coast a little bit because of our social media has gotten really, well, got really good and really good results for us. But um, there's just no foot traffic, so that's the only kind of traffic that I can generate is through social media. So I had to have my social media succeed or I wasn't going to succeed. Let's talk about the great food here, and there really is some great food. The one thing I always judge a barbecue restaurant by is the brisket. And my gosh, this is the stuff you get like in the middle of Texas where it's got the nice little ring around it and the taste. Is that something uh, that was like one of the first things on your mind when you decided to open this thing? Is I will I will give up a one secret not secret but it is we do a Central Texas style brisket salt and pepper very very simple rub um, so that maybe that's why it's reminiscent of that um, as far as the smoke the, the rings and everything you know that's just using your smoker correctly um, if you if you don't see that I think on a lot of barbecue they may you know there, there may be an issue with the smoking process you know that's usually good smoke penetration and um, brisket is a tough meat. Um, it's a really tough meat to cook, and it took me a long time. I think um, even people that have been coming to me for the last four years will definitely notice a uh, an increase on the quality of my brisket throughout those four years and just really, really hammering it down and practicing over and over every single day, perfecting it, and I'm still perfecting it to this day. Well, yeah, and I get an idea. This is sort of an art form because smoking is a whole other item. It's not just throwing something on the grill that looks ready and so forth, right? It's one of those things where... It's, I mean, you start early, it's slow. So I, I, it, I would definitely agree with you as far as the art farm goes. Um, I think even more, it's just more of a scientific process than anything. And um, if you don't know the certain benchmarks, there's a lot of numbers, um, a lot of certain internal temperatures that things happen at that you really need to look for and uh, be able to recognize. And um, so knowing all that first and foremost, and you know, what different types of combustion, what kind of smoke molecules they get, um, what, um, what internal degrees does fat start to melt, you know, when does smoke penetration happen at the best times, you know, these are all things that you, that you have to look at and time and adjust accordingly in your smoke. And once you get all that stuff down, you know, it becomes a pretty, pretty good process. And what about the wood? Is it a particular type of wood you need? So um, we came up with this whole thing that we're trying to come up with Vegas's own uh, barbecue style. So um, we call it Las Vegas style barbecue. And um, it's just a little fun little gimmick that we came up with and we kind of live by here. Um, try to keep barbecue spontaneous and sexy just like Las Vegas is, right? So um, our wood, we change every single week. So just like uh, people that come here once a year, it's going to be completely different every time, you know? So every time that you come to Jesse Ray's, you'll have a different 
subtle nuance, but you know, we same great food, but you'll have a subtle nuance that's going to be a little bit different. So um, whether it's, you know, the, the ratios in the rub or the different wood combinations that we smoke with, you know, we're, uh, my wife, who Jesse Ray is, is uh, we're both born and raised here in Las Vegas. We're not really bound by any one regional style of barbecue or wood or anything. So might as well use them all. Right. So that's what we do. No, that, and that's really cool because there's some places like, you know, if you go to Carolina, you're going to get a vinegar-based thing. And Texas is different and Memphis and so forth. Now, I noticed you have barbecue sauces here, and they were great, as I recall. Uh, these long-time family recipes? <laughs> uh, well, I don't know how long. Considering some, uh, some places in, that do barbecue is probably not as long as most, but um, they, they've been with me, my wife and I. Uh, we have a sauce called the God Sauce, which is our big money maker, and uh, that'll hit retail pretty soon. And, um, you know, that we've, we've been sitting on that for, oh, no, like a decade or so is when we made that original recipe, right? And yeah, no, no, that's just our traditional traditional barbecue sauce, you know. Um, we, we tried to put a, like every flavor of barbecue sauce, every style of barbecue sauce, and, ha- and fit it in one jar. You know, that's what we, the God sauce is. That's what we call it, the God sauce. And, um, and then my favorite, we have a sauce called the Pig Sweat, which is our like, Carolina-style sauce, which is just phenomenal for me. I love, love vinegar. Most of my influence when I first started barbecuing was from Carolina, um, the North, North Carolina especially. I love it. And then um, we have our spicy sauce. We have our mustard sauce. We have an Alabama white sauce, which is rare these parts. Um, so, yeah, we, we just we try to make sure everyone's happy when we leave, and usually they are. Whether you live here in Las Vegas and listen on our flagship KSHP, or you're coming from all over the country, you have to make this a must-go-to. It's fantastic barbecue, really among the very best I've ever had. So let's tell people where they can go. Um, so behind Mandalay Bay, and even closer now, we're behind the Raider Stadium. So, you know, it's you could definitely walk to the Raider Stadium from here. So uh, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89118. Russell, and the website? Oh, uh, jessieraysbarbecue.com, and then Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at jessieraysbarbecue. J-E-S-S-I-E-R-A-E-S, BBQ. Thanks, Mike. Remember to mention Vegas Never Sleeps on your next visit to receive a 20% discount on your order. Coming up next is Sports Rock and Tours. If your local station doesn't carry it, go to Sports RACX wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports RACX. It's short for Sports Rock and Tours. And please follow both Vegas Never Sleeps and Sports Rock and Tours on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening today. This is Stephen Manchie reminding you Vegas Never Sleeps. Oh, Vegas, here we go!